0: Today's guest is Om Rapani. Om is a domination and submission instructor, and he's no stranger to the podcast. He's been on quite a few times. In fact, I recommend going back and listening to some of our older episodes. We've had some great conversations. And um, I want to speak to him after I just saw the Red Pill documentary, which is a feminist documentary on men's rights and, and you know speaks about male pain quite a bit. And I wanted to speak with Om about his views on this subject, because um, masculinity and Vulnerability and how to express vulnerability, and how to deal with pain and hardship, and how that ties into some of the virtues of masculinity—strength and ability to deal with shit—I was curious on on his take and where the lines are drawn. And he brought up some important nuances that I think are very important. Everyone to hear, particularly men of my generation, millennials and younger, I think is very critical uh, given the way that, given the culture that most of us were raised in, at least in the first world. So, uh, some really important stuff brought up in in this episode. Ohm has some uh, workshops coming out, quite a few workshops scheduled for 2020. I know some of them aren't confirmed yet. Um, he's a Tantra BDSM. Uh, Tantra meets BDSM workshop levels one and two. And this is something I highly recommend. Um, when I've spoken about, I mean, spoken about Om quite a bit. I quote him quite a lot. I, it's, uh, you know, Not only is he a friend, but I, I really respect his work and it's had a very positive impact on on me. And I've taken his level one quite a few times because there's always some good stuff. So obviously domination submission is not for everyone. However, one thing I want to point out is like, I'm not really into kink myself. It's not really my jam, but The way it's taught in his workshops really dig into the archetypal psychology, which I certainly find very fascinating and applicable to life and relationships and and expression as a man or woman. I mean, sexual identity and all these archetypes apply to everyone. And listeners of the podcast can get $50 off um, by using the discount code. Rwando. Type in Rwando at omapani.org is where all his workshops are if you sign up. Put in the discount code Ruando, You will get 50 bucks off. Um, he's got dates in the United States and in Europe. And if you happen to go to the ones in Europe, I will be at one of them. I'm not sure which one. I know he doesn't have all the cities confirmed yet, but I'll be in Europe for the spring and summer. I'm going to try to make it out to one of them. So if you want to meet me in person and you want to do the DS thing and you whatever, I just want to do something fun for a weekend, you can check that out. Right now, you're listening to episode 077, Omerpani, Masculine Resilience. You're listening to the Rwando Podcast, part of the Gotham Podcast Studio Network in New York, New York. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate it wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, I'm great to see you. Hello. Yeah. uh, So many things to speak about today. Um, As I mentioned to you earlier, I've been going kind of deep into the red pill community and um watched the red pill movie and i'm i'm curious about some of your takes cuz you and i have spoken about Rolo's work before and uh their takes on masculinity and male man woman relating um and i'm curious uh uh well, first how how far have you have you have you read anything about with like the red red pill stuff beyond the rational male since we last spoke
1: um uh, as far as i've seen I've come across their ideas more on YouTube. I think I read, you know, I read Rolo Tomasi. I think I read Rolo Tomasi's book a while back. It's been a, it's been a little while. But yeah, I'm kind of familiar with the idea, but I'm not immersed in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I read Rational Mail, I think uh, one of the last times we spoke, we we spoke about that. Um, and what, one thing I found interesting, I, I have a client, I have a couple of clients who come from that community and there's things I agree with, there's things I disagree with. But one thing i was actually very impressed by was how systemized uh it is and i think that's one of the negatives even like their system of masculinity and i'm uh I, I, before we jump into like specifics I'm, I'm curious what your take is on on it in general of like kind of it's kind of like a harsh stance on man woman relating but they have a lot of rules and i'm curious what your what your take is on it
1: i don't you need to be a little bit more specific for me i don't Give me something more specific. I don't know what your I don't know what the global sure,
0: is. Sure. Uh well let's let's back up a, a second. So uh one thing that came up in the red pill movie um was I was actually kind of disappointed that there's a lot of guys uh basically complaining about their pain and like dumping it on oh society's not taking care of us and stuff, which I, I was actually hoping like uh, they would have a really good argument for men's rights and stuff like that, but instead it was a lot of guys kind of whining and being unmasculine. And I guess like the the, the main thing I, I want to speak about with you first is like how how men deal with their pain, especially in relationship to women. Um, and yeah, it's a, it sounds
2: like a big topic nothing's popping up
1: in my brain on how men process
2: okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay actually <clears throat>
1: Conversation right. might end up bleeding, but i'm trying to think i'm like like this really so, is sorry I,
0: I might have started a little too abstract there where we can we can we can chop and stuff um okay actually let me, let me boil to this down to a more concrete idea um Okay. So so one thing that came up for me while watching the movie and going to the into the red pill stuff. And actually this is actually something I've been thinking about because it's come up in my relationship of like how I how I experience my pain or my softness or times I get hurt because we're all he, human beings with my woman. Because I uh, you and I come from communities where a general ethos is feel your feelings, learn how to be vulnerable, of course, that's in general. But there is something, it's maybe like an old world view on masculinity of like, you can't always be processing your pain with your woman necessarily. And I'm, it's something, it's, I guess I started off kind of vague here because it's something I'm still wrestling in my own mind, like, where is the right line? Because there's one way of being like, oh, it's always important to express your emotions. But there's also like a masculine virtue of dealing with your own shit. And I'm curious uh, if you have any thoughts on that say for men in a relationship or yeah.
1: that that i can say something i mean i kind of agree with your premise i think there is a balance in there about men being open-hearted men not being shut down men not suppressing their emotions and also not laying all their emotions all their pain all their struggles at the feet of the woman they're in a relationship with i don't think women tolerate that for too long and i think there's a difference their attraction level for you will go down Mm -hmm. you do that too much and i think so again this has to be a little bit nuanced otherwise people always especially in today's climate everybody is interpreting everything as either or Mm -hmm. so it's i think women actually thrive if, if a woman really loves a man, if she feels this is my guy and I want to build with him, then being of use to him in his struggles, being of help to him through a tight spot can be beautiful. Women thrive on that. Men and women can bond deeper when that happens. But what I've seen not work is when men kind of tend to go into a collapse and kind of leave all their misery and their collapse at their women's feet. And that can be a, almost like a trigger, like a switch off of attraction in a woman's system because they need their men to hold their own. They don't expect them to be perfect. They don't expect them to be never be challenged. But they do want to see their men rise to the challenge. Mm-hmm. They want to feel that their men have lost, that their men have given up. This is a thing, this is a topic that I've written about elsewhere. This is, you know, this is a, again, I shared this a while ago, the beautiful passage in uh, Grapes of Wrath, right in the opening pages that I shared in my men's class, and I've written about it. Uh, It's like, I think it expresses this entire dynamic in like one paragraph. I actually shared that paragraph about, you know, it's the dust bowl and the crops Mm -hmm. have completely been destroyed by, and Steinbeck describes the scene as the men are out in the field looking at the devastation of their crops and they're completely at a loss because this is a big hit it's such a huge hit they don't know what they're going to do and he describes the scene as the men are looking at their fields and the women are looking at their men Mm -hmm. and the women are looking at to see if our men are going to break Mm
2: -hmm.
1: are our men is this hardship so bad that our men are going to break and then the women observe something in men's their men's expression, and they, they again, I'm, I have uh, I have to read the passage, it's absolutely gorgeous, but to some degree, they they perceive them going from feeling completely crushed to kind of getting pissed a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. And they observe that in their men, and they know, our men are not going to break. And if the women know that, they say, we're fine, we'll deal with the rest. Mm-hmm. So as long as they feel their men are intact, they feel their men are ready, To put their shoulder into whatever challenge has come in. I think women can be amazing partners. I think that's what a true marriage is supposed to be. That when hardships come your way, neither the man or the woman collapses and they shoulder together and they love each other and they support each other. The great romances have this in them all over the place. Mm -hmm. It's, It's men and women get hit by something really challenging. Could be as devastating as the illness or death of a child. It could be nature, it could be. Economic distress. There are great novels of uh, from the Great Depression that kind of depict this camaraderie that men and women had when faced with amazing challenges against very terrible odds. And I don't think women think less of their men if their men go through a down or if they feel challenged. But what they don't want to see is the men kind of collapsing and escaping. <laughs> Because that, to some degree, he's kind of almost breaking the contract between men and women. He's not for her, and he's collapsed within himself. And to some degree, she feels alone in a way in that partnership. Hmm. If that happens, I think women have a very limited tolerance for that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think you pointed to like a really important nuance, and I think this is uh, maybe one of my criticisms of Red Pill: of like they get like this really hard stance of like at least the way I perceive like kind of uh, posturing perfection or like if you, and it's it's an insecurity. I felt myself, like if I show too much weakness, I'm sure every guy has felt this or experienced this. Maybe if I show too much weakness, if she sees me fail, things are, uh, she's going to lose attraction no matter what her beliefs are, but you're kind of pointing to the one thing that you can control, which is like whether you choose or not to accept the loss or, or uh, basically giving up or not, uh, which is always within one's control.
1: I agree with you. I think the I think the word use of the word weakness needs to be examined a little bit just because you have taken a hit doesn't mean you're weak. Mm-hmm. And I think the the cartoon version of masculinity is, is you never show that you have taken a hit that you are in sorrow that you are down that you're depressed. I think I don't think all of that is weakness. Mm-hmm. You could have taken a hit and be amazingly strong. You, so you could have had a death in your family. It doesn't mean you're weak. Mm-hmm. But you could take a hit and then you can completely fall apart to the point where you're not really available anymore, where you're not really reliable anymore. And that gets interpreted. I mean, even weakness is not even the perfect description of it is this kind of you you've kind of ejected from the partnership if you're collapsed within yourself right And i think that sets off kind of an alarm in the systems of women when their primary partner does that mm-hmm. kind of if he loses his job if he has a health challenge whatever challenge comes and she feels kind of the man has collapsed and separated from him and if he hasn't done that then, then they are still together, and they can still love each other. Then I think men and women can show. That's where the heroics of relationships can be. Mm-hmm. Like when you find your way out of those challenges, there can be an opportunity in there to like actually deepen intimacy. Because shared hardship is a can be amazing wellspring for intimacy for two people. That it can be great. It doesn't even have to be between men. It can. The great stories of brotherhood. The great stories of men finding their bonding together usually involves them facing a challenge together. War mm-hmm. stories are built around the same premise. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to like the guy, you don't even have to know the guy too well, but you have shared harsh hardship together and you have had each other's back that automatically generates a bond. It generates love, it generates loyalty.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you speak so think- more on the, the contract you mentioned? I, I think it would be great to maybe unpack that in terms of man-woman relating, or any relationship, I guess?
1: I think women pick men because they feel the man is going to contribute something to their life. They pick men. I think we all do. I think that's simply logical. But our, I think our, uh, what do you call it, our, not standards, but our qualifications are, what we need from each other is different. Our needs are not completely mirrored. Mm-hmm. I think women more than men are looking for strength it's they' are looking for this also I wrote about recently at at one level they are looking for that protection and provision because that is one aspect of the male female dynamic. It may not apply as much in the civilized world where people are so independent and our societies are relatively safe
2: mm-hmm.
1: but so those at every level, I think there are, we are looking for qualities in each other that we feel will make our lives more whole and more rich. So if I think looking for a man who is strong, someone who can provide form to the feminine chaos, someone who can kind of stand in the fire and be solid is one of the things that attracts strong men to women. So if the men kind of abandon that, if the man abandoned that strength, then it's like you've kind of broken the contract of why the woman picked you in the first place. Mm. That was one of the things on your resume is they said, I need this. That's why mm-hmm. I'm saying yes to you. And if you stop doing that, that becomes problematic. That lowers the attraction level the woman has for that man. mm
0: Hmm. Yeah, there was one thing that uh, you know in that red pill documentary that kind of irked me at how I was calling it these guys were being unmasculine by complaining oh, women treat us this way, but like uh, yeah, I guess the it point it's to, to what you said that they're kind of opting out of the, the, the purpose of masculinity in a relationship or society by complaining about problems they're unwilling to fix in themselves or deal with.
1: I'll have to watch this documentary. I've heard a lot about it. I've seen clips.
0: Um, yeah, it was on my like watch list for a long time, and I was very excited to watch it, especially with my right. girlfriend, but I found it, I, I was kind of disappointed. Maybe it was, it's been a couple of years, maybe it was uh, more profound back then, but it's basically a feminist recognizing, oh, men have feelings too, big revelation. I kind of found it right. quite dry. Yeah,
1: that part of it, I mean, its it's amazing to me that, that part needed to be discovered i mean it's like almost it's disheartening almost as you really sad mm-hmm. the things that things have gotten to the point where modern women 21st century women have this view of masculinity like yeah it's kind of crazy
0: yeah and uh, i mean good
1: it's uh you know the women are the ones always banging the drum about empathy 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 and like the amount of lack of empathy I've seen. And I've seen the clip. I remember one specific clip, I think it was in the movie, where feminists, I think it was at some university, where feminists are like being really horrible in their language and their attitude towards men who are trying to hold a men's rights meeting. And their agenda mm-hmm. was male suicide. I don't know if this clip was in the movie. This woman is completely in this guy's face. And they shut down mm-hmm. the meeting. mm
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm
1: saying any men's right activists are basically anti feminist or anti-women. And these guys were there to discuss the alarmingly high rate of male suicide.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, I look at that and I'm like, I, I don't even care you're a woman. I don't even care you're a feminist. You're a fucking sociopath. You're like, like what? what's wrong with you?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, how, how clouded are you by your feminist bullshit? Just how much has... Your gender studies and feminist studies and victimized studies department brainwashed you that you are so fucking blind to the human beings that are standing in front of you. The, and these statistics are not made up. Men, men kill themselves on magnitudes higher than women. I mean, don't you have fathers? Don't you have brothers? Don't you care what's happening with half of the population? And here you want to stand up and say any anything men need, the feminists can provide. I'm like, you are out of your fucking mind and you're a repulsive human being. This is why I think it's really repugnant, mm-hmm. especially what's happening on campuses and especially what's, what's falling under the banner of feminism. And then women come out and say, no, feminism is only about women's equality. Yeah, that's women equality. Women... Mm-hmm in a guy's face, calling him horrible things because he was there to host or participate in a men's meeting that wanted to talk about male suicide. I'm like, this is repugnant. So if men are protesting about that, and I think there is a deep hypocrisy in that aspect, that women are the one and the feminists are the one saying men are horrible and we are all full of love and empathy and understanding. And I'm like, and this is how you act, you're full of shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's really disgusting. So if if men are protesting that aspect, how certain women are acting in society and complaining about that, I'm on board with it. I think those people are shit. Mm -hmm. I think they should be opposed, think they should be protested and i don't think you should back down from it i don't think i don't even care about the man-woman dynamic as a human being you're being total it is not a man-woman issue man it is a man-woman issue in the sense that men commit suicide more than women i would think women would be interested in talking about it women have not come from a different fucking planet don't you have fathers and brothers you care about
2: Right, yeah. male
1: returning soldiers are killing themselves at a rate that is horrifying. The suicide rate among returning veterans is absolutely fucking horrifying. These are your brothers. These are your husbands. Do we, do you not care about the men around you? About the men in your life? This is not part of your problem. It's like mind-boggling to me. This is not a. Man, women fighting issue this is a human issue this is a societal issue what kind of a citizen are you being what kind of a human being are you being it's shocking to me so as far as that goes men complaining about those aspects about the lack of empathy on women's part towards men's misery then yeah i think they have a legitimate point i don't think it's all about personal relationships or whatever the dynamic in there is i think a lot of it has to do with how men are being treated at a societal level and how their overall misery is kind of being discarded and i think it is nonsense i think it is deep hypocrisy when that's
2: happening
0: yeah i mean i mean maybe it's because i'm in this space a lot and think about these things or i just i just found that the fact that that whole movie made that a revelation was like ridiculous like Yes, people on both sides are lacking compassion for the other side so they can maintain a victim identity. I was like, I thought the movie could have gone deeper than that is what I, was my disappointment.
1: We'll, we'll discuss the movie mm-hmm. some other time. Yeah, yeah. Even the clips
0: I have watched of
1: topics like this, they have been a revelation to me. I didn't know many of the numbers, for instance, mm-hmm. that uh, workplace... Injuries and deaths for men are, like, astronomical compared to women. Men Mm. get longer sentences for the same crimes compared to women. I actually was not that familiar until recently that men's suicide rates were that alarmingly high compared to women. Why do you think that is, actually? Boys are falling so far behind in school compared to women. Universities are, like graduating 60 percent women 40 percent men and women are still whining about we need affirmative action for women i'm like when does this stop mm. like i don't really see the logic of it. it's like they completely cannot see that men have needs are forget men men you, these are your boys these are your children these are your sons these are kids do you mm. not, not care kids of boys are not doing as well
2: mm-hmm.
1: i mean this this like antipathy towards masculinity is like pathological at this point it really is like blind rage mm-hmm. it's dehumanizing at least in those circles at least with those people who are acting that way That no matter what numbers you show them what facts you show them they're like no men are horrible and you need to do more for women i'm like you're insane
0: why do you think boys are falling behind i don't have a full answer for
1: that you would have to like really talk to experts okay fair enough i don't have children i don't i don't quite know i mean they would the the some of the explanations i've heard but i'll tell you one thing i firmly believe and i feel the the absent of fathers is a huge contribution to the pretty much falling apart Mm -hmm. of masculinity and young men and i think that is a huge factor that Mm -hmm. one that one i can feel in my bones. Mm -hmm. Apart from that, people have pointed out that, you know, like, I don't know what the number is, 78, 80%, 75% of teachers are women. And a lot of this, this I've heard from a couple of friends who have sons that pretty much uh, schools, especially uh, early grades, probably higher grades too, have like completely become feminized. Boys are supposed to just sit there and be quiet and behave nicely, as girls tend to do, where boys tend to be more robust. They want to run around, they want to play a fight, and they want to tussle, and all of that is being forbidden in a lot of places. And A lot more boys than girls are being uh, put on medication to calm them down. And I'm like, none of that is really good. It's almost like you're taking half the population and finding them inherently wrong. You don't have a way of accommodating their nature. I'm like, that can't be good. You can't have an entire education system that's leaning towards feminine nature.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was in elementary school, they forbid running at recess at one point. Like half of my elementary school, we could actually play normally the way the kids did for many decades. And then at some point, a kid skinned his knee, and then suddenly no running was allowed. And, yeah, I mean, um, I,
1: and yeah, I, as I say, I, I don't have children. I don't have a firsthand account of this, but I hear it from, I think I heard this from Jordan Peterson who said at some point the school that his kids were in, I think it was Jordan. It might have been somebody else, some other. But they said the school passed a policy, no snowball fights. Because
0: mm-hmm. it's too aggressive or something.
1: You're like, out of your, you know, it's like, come on. Who are you catering to? What is your ideal? What kind of human beings are you creating? Right. So I think all of this, and not only it's not it's not just a matter of policy. It's more a matter like we are we are finding this behavior wrong. Right. If you are the kind of boy who wants to cussle and fight and throw snowballs, no, you need to. It's not only that we don't hit each other. No, you are wrong. Your nature is wrong. You're behaving in such a way that doesn't belong in society. Now that is a pretty big judgment to pass on human beings this tiny. Right. And then to start medicating them. And then if these boys are growing up and falling behind or feeling depressed or feeling that there's something wrong with them, and God help me for saying this, maybe they don't want to be boys anymore. (laughs) You think there might be a connection? Right. If being a boy is so fucking bad and girls are fucking perfect,
0: yeah, I mean, could be could be. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking from my own experiences, and I, I was born in 88. So I was a child during the participation trophy introduction, at least on the East Coast, I think we were a little bit behind the West Coast. But yeah, I mean, it changed a lot of uh, made it easier. It, I mean, it took away the virtue of competition, which I think uh, is kind of needed for a boys development.
1: That I believe is total crap. I think that has done a lot of harm. I think that participation trophy mentality is a sickness of our time. I think that is as deeply contributed to, to creating the fragility we see on college campuses these days. Yeah. It's, it well, feels like that nonsense is turning around. It's turning around because it's like its effect is so disastrous, it's kind of obvious these days. These mm-hmm.
2: kids are non functional.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm pretty optimistic about it as well. I was just gonna say I do think with these conversations different like there is a pushback now of my generation of younger of recognized I kind of return to conservative values, hopefully in a more uh, conscious way of uh, I mean a lot of guys are recognizing this my age and younger of like, oh yeah, I mean, the, th- the things that our grandfathers cared about, hard work, shutting up, doing your work, that's actually what is needed sometimes.
1: It is needed. I think, you know, again, I think the word stoicism, again, gets a bad rap because people are simplistic. You actually read Marcus Aurelius and his ideas on stoicism. It's very Zen, actually. It's very Buddhist. It's not saying don't feel anything. It's saying be in touch with reality. If you are in touch with reality and if you expect to hu- expect life to be hard, then deal with it. It doesn't mean be unfeeling. It means stop collapsing, stop breaking down. Accept mm-hmm. life is going to be difficult. Accept that there are going to be challenges. Accept that you're going to lose, and make
2: room
1: for all of that because that's what a, being a grown up in this world looks like. So it's almost like you know, take a, take take the idiotic example of a participation review. Essentially, you're saying there is no such thing as losing. That's right. the message. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as losing. That there is nothing you can do. And lose in the world. I'm like, that is a horrible fucking message. That does not correspond to the universe. That's what you're saying. You can be you can be a complete clown, ass clown on the soccer field, and we're still going to give you a trophy in the end. What the hell kind of a message is that? Mm-hmm. That's nuts. If anything, the message should be, you could work your ass off. And still have your ass handed to you on the field because the other people are just better than you. At least they're better than you today. Mm -hmm. That's the correct message because it it, is in harmony with reality. That's the way it should be. Do your very best and you still may completely fall on your face. Because that's how life functions. That's the message. That is the lesson we should learn as kids. Instead of saying you're completely perfect. And your trophy at the end is guaranteed. What kind of life are you preparing these people for?
0: Right. So I mean, this might, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this without being too general, but uh, a lot of guys I speak to my age and younger have made this realization. They're like, I was raised to be soft. I'm a 30-something boy inside. I realize I need to face facts. I realize I need to do all these things, but they they are still, they're uh, conditioned against this ability to deal with loss or like every time they try they fail or I mean we could talk about hierarchy in a, in a second but like they're always at the bottom of every competition what would what if anything would you say to such a person who maybe has already been conditioned a man who's already been conditioned in a participation trophy culture you should watch Rocky <laughs>
1: They're really, they should watch Rocky. They should watch every goddamn movie ever made with uh, with this kind of a theme mm-hmm. of what it takes to succeed. It, you have to not give up. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite uh, thinkers and authors that I've discovered recently is Jonathan, Jonathan Haidt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant man. He has amazing books, amazing ideas. I would highly recommend him. You know, he talks a lot about all these topics that we are talking about. And it's like you, part of his conversation is about anti-fragility. Mm-hmm. It's a very beautiful idea that there are things that are fragile, like a glass, you drop a glass, it breaks. Mm-hmm. It breaks. But there are other things that are anti-fragile, and one of the examples would be like a immune system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If, a children, if a child grows up in a bubble, that's actually not good. If you get a bunch of diseases and exposure, your immune system gets strong, and the premise is, well, we are strong. Human the human spirit is anti-fragile. It's not advisable to keep us in a bubble. We actually grow weaker. But if you throw challenges at us and we face the challenges, we become stronger and stronger and stronger. And all it all stories whether it's at the Heroic Journey, at the level of Joseph Campbell, whether it's Rocky, they are basically deal with this. That you, you will be handed setbacks, you will be handed losses, you will be kicked in the face, got to get up, keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. That's what life is like because what choice do you have anyway? Are you going to curl up and die? And if you are philosophical about it at one higher level, than that. It's like, well, that is what creates an interesting life. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go from a win to a win to a win. If you're going from a win to a win to a win, that means you're actually not reaching for anything higher. You're not really reaching for anything significant. If you reach for anything significant, you're gonna fail in the beginning. Mm -hmm. We understand this really. I mean this is not rocket science. I'm not really saying anything terribly interesting. Nobody no you don't expect to pick up the violin today and start playing tomorrow. It's retarded. Yeah. You don't do that with anything. With anything. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't buy a new goddamn iPhone and expect to understand how to use this fucking thing in a day. It's too complicated. Anything yeah. you take up, you're gonna fail at it, you're not gonna get it, you're gonna feel like an idiot, you're gonna make mistakes. But that's where the ride is, that's where the growth is. So why why such such an allergic reaction to failure? Yeah, and again, this is a very weak form of masculinity because there will be no art, there will be no mastery if you don't have stomach for failure. There's absolutely no possibility of mastery if you quit the first time or the second time, mm-hmm. or if you get humiliated, and if you just collapse internally. So we have, if 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 the men you're talking about, their constitutions are this way that they simply cannot tolerate failure, they are weak. Flash news, you are fucking weak. There's something wrong in your character. And the only kind of remedy for this is you need to build your tolerance for failure and keep going.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes, reminding.
1: Very boring life, and women will not find you attractive. (laughs) Right. I firmly believe this. I firmly believe the reason women reject men out of hand. This is my hypothesis, and I'm sticking with it. You will see this in every romantic comedy, you will see this in every movie, and you will see this in every bar and every woman you ever tried to pick up and talk to and approach, you will see this. Women will hand you a failure. Women will make it hard for you. And I believe deep down in the feminine psyche, they want to know how does this man handle failure. Mm -hmm. And if you tuck your tail between your legs and you walk away... Some part of her things I was correct not to say to him right away because he can't, he has no stamina. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to play with it. You need to be able to take that hit and not collapse and keep your sense of humor and keep your sense of play.
0: Yeah, this is reminded me. I mean, on a, a very practical level when I was going out and trying to meet women in bars, some of the best advice I ever got from any person was to just stay there. <laughs> like the first thing they say is not the end, end of the conversation. But something you said earlier about failures remind I'm mean, thinking of the extremes like fa- like failing on the battlefield or something like some of the like uh, stories that stir me up, or I think stir a lot of men up. Are like epic defeats, like the Alamo. Or I'm thinking of like, have you ever seen the the movie Glory with Matthew Broderick and uh, and uh, Morgan Freeman? I
1: think it was. It was a while ago. I don't. Know I remember. I, I saw it. A, it was a while ago. Like you I taking off a fort in, in the South, and they. It all was died. like a black
0: regiment is the first black regiment in the Civil War, and they got destroyed. But like the, the 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 pinnacle scene is that they they all fought valiantly and then died together. And like I remember like. Only men get emotional about that. I think there is something inherently because you recognize that's a virtue. Like they were outnumbered, whatever, but they died with honor, so-called. So and I think it that's, was. yeah.
1: I don't think it, I totally hear you and I'm on board with that. But I think the, I think what we are responding to is not the death per se. It's that they were valiant. They did right. not quit. They did not power. They had enough metal to keep going. and But, you know, the great stories of victory are also of battles that look exactly like that. But then by a hair, you gain the victory. Right. Right. That's what all the great stories are about, that right up to the end, you are not sure which way it's going to go. It really is a tight battle. mm mm-hmm. But if you don't have the stomach to pour all your courage, all your metal, all your energy into that battle, you will never know what side of line you fall on.
2: Right, because you give up, you definitely will lose.
1: <laughs> if you give up, you will definitely lose, and you will be a coward, and you will have no journey, and you will have probably betrayed your people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You would have quit in between. You would have you would have abandoned the people to the right and left of you who are counting on. You. Mm-hmm. You would have been dishonorable. Right. So until you pour all of yourself into it, every competition, my Lord, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a goddamn battle where it's life and death. It could be a spelling bee competition or some shit like that. You still have to go all in. You won't know which side you're going to come on unless you go all in. Mm-hmm. And then if you're afraid to go all in because you're terrified of defeat, well, then you've lost already. What I mean, and again, so all of that comes down to you cannot have such a low tolerance for failure or the possibility of failure. Because the game doesn't even start if that fear is ruling your life, Where nothing's going to happen. Nothing will get Mm -hmm. started. So it's like crucial. It's like almost like a switch that's needed. If your fear of failure is that high, nothing gets started. Mm -hmm. Nothing will happen in your life.
0: Mm -hmm yeah and uh, i want to tie this back to something you said earlier because you, you've mentioned the grapes of wrath thing to me i, I think it might have been in the last time we we did a podcast um and I, I don't know if i thought about it in this way before but like there's something about in such a situation the masculine pole like setting the reality like if he if he crumbles because the the earth is scorched or something well then then the family is truly fucked right and um And uh, I mean, when you look at it that way, it kind of makes sense why a woman would be hard on a man or like, uh, yeah, I mean, there was attraction for someone who's folding to pressure. Yeah. Yeah, And um, so I don't know, this this might not be your language. I I use the word reality a lot, but um, would you say that, I mean, maybe not even taking this out of the man woman dynamic, but let's say Dom sub in a relationship, like outside of a scene, for instance, that is kind of the role is like creating the reality per se like, would you say
1: well, I'm not understanding your question
0: like um the woman sees the i mean using the example you you brought up the woman is looking at the man to know what the truth is even if the, the, the what his 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 assertion of the truth is because if let's us say he decides that we're fucked then the family is truly fucked
1: I don't. That's not completely resonating with me. I would. I don't think whether you're looking for confirmation of truth or reality from the man. You kind of. Need, I think women are looking to see that the man is still present and solid and functioning and useful. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite seeing the reality part that you're referring to. Okay, fair enough. I might. I might be
0: tying too many things together. I. Um, uh, yeah, and I think uh, you know, going back to what you're saying, I think I'll speak for my generation best I can. I think a lot of guys just need to recognize that failure is not the end. Like I have this course on uh, on masculinity, and every day there's like a short exercise that some of them are challenging, some of them are not. And in like the e- email sequence, there's one challenge that I knew a lot of people might just not do, and I had like a the one that comes after that was like, if uh, what if you failed yesterday and that email gets the most responses from my students of like, wow, that really was meaningful to you. And I I kind of anticipated they would, a lot of guys would just give up on whatever day of the challenge it was, but like, it's, it's really surprising, especially younger guys. of like, Oh, I I missed day five. Like it's over for me. And sometimes they just needed to be reminded like, Oh, it's okay to fail. (laughs) Your choice is what matters to press on with this thing, which is fairly inconsequential, a challenge they're doing on the internet as opposed to like other things. But it, Ties to the same virtue, of yeah. You
1: know, one one thing that I can say on this is there is a. This is one thing I have observed within myself, with another man. This might be just a human characteristic, not even just necessarily just a masculine characteristic, but I think it applies, a bit more to the masculine psyche. Which is, there is a, such a thing. I think there's almost another switch in our brain, which might be under the switch. It's written finality of failure. Like do you do you do you are you interpreting this failure as being final? Hmm. like there's no coming back from this failure and if that if men reach that point within their brain, they get completely demoralized. So it's not so much that I failed today it's so much it's that I cannot really see a path to success
2: hmm.
1: and if that happens in the male psyche, I think they they completely quit. Yeah. That can be very, very demoralizing. And I feel, so maybe that circuit is being triggered prematurely. Like any fear they think is final. You know, girl rejected me today. Oh, no girl is ever going to go for me. If you if your brain goes to that place, well, then it's maybe logical for you never to approach a woman again, if you really believe that. But that, that's a mental distortion. That's actually not correct.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a, like a kind of comfort or relief you get from the assuming it's a final rejection, as opposed to staying within the uncertainty of is it going to be yes or no? Like, because once you have a once you decide on finality, there's no more tension in the situation. Yeah, there's
1: no more tension, but what are you going to do? Sit around with your thumb up your ass for the rest of your life? <laughs> right. I mean, like, what you've you've just quit. So, I mean, even if you quit one sphere, let's say you quit one area where you feel, you know what. I'm never going to be as good a violin player as I want to be. Okay, maybe that happens to people. You know and I mean, that happens to people. People take on, on uh, things like sports and music are good examples of this because things are so external. Let's say you are a swimmer and you're a great swimmer in high school, you have great dreams, and then you reach a certain level and you realize, wow, yeah, I'm not even close in the top 10 percentile. Mm-hmm. I'm be a better swimmer than ninety nine percent of the people on the planet, but at the competition level, I'm just not that good and it's a reality check same thing maybe for music musicians like oh, I'm a pretty decent violin player, but I'm never gonna be professional blah blah blah, okay, That's a healthy adjustment to make that's a good reality check, but that doesn't mean if you can't succeed in this particular field, you should quit everything that your failure is final as a human being mm-hmm. what I mean.
2: yeah uh, does this
1: find something else where you can tackle failure and keep going
0: in your workshops uh, I'm curious does this come up a lot because i i have I've turned a lot of guys onto things like shibari and 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 doming, and I remember the discomfort with it, especially initially never having done something a thing and I've heard from a lot of guys. They, they get frustrated, they realize they're not holding the right space or something, and then they, they feel the same thing. And it's it's more than just a life challenge because you have a person who is vulnerable or trying. Like, is there something you suggest to novices or trying to enter a DOM First of all, this situation? happens
1: all the time. It happens all the time. It happens with anybody who occupies the DOM position. But men are specifically susceptible to it, especially when they hear from their female partner that she's not having a good time. Mm -hmm. That something didn't work for her. Men tend to collapse really quickly, saying, I'm never gonna be good at this. And the solution for that is really not rocket science. It's like, be nice to each other and keep doing it. You're in the learning stages. It's again, good analogy would be like ballroom dance. you you take a partner and you go learn a new dance. And this is your first lesson or second lesson and third lesson and you're frustrated already. If the woman is frustrated, the guy is not leading her well and he's making mistakes, well, you're not helping your guy any because now he's more in his head. If the guy's frustrated, he's not dancing elegantly by the second lesson, I'm like, you're being unrealistic. The only solution is take it easy. Go light. Create, maintain some lightness. Maintain some playfulness. Otherwise, you will never acquire mastery. You will never really reach any levels because you're killing yourself and you're killing your partner off too early in the game. Nothing will happen. Mm-hmm. It won't work. And yeah. again, this topic comes up pretty much every single class. Mm-hmm. And it is it is difficult. I can tell you, I mean, it's not like I blame them for feeling what they feel. Trying something and having someone be harsh with you or disappointed in you. It sucks. That it really hurts. So I think some some consciousness and tenderness is needed on both parts you have to be in a win-win game where you're doing this together and you're trying to create something together if you're if you're in the business of killing each other off that's not a very interesting game and nothing generative and creative is going to come out of that Mm -hmm. like in ds play is really one of one of the very that attitude is badly needed in, in in the ds realm because breakdowns are guaranteed I don't even care if you are a pretty advanced player and you've been doing this for a while. Because we play with our very complicated erotic makeup and we are playing with emotions and we are playing with our triggers, shit's going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. And if you don't have a plan in place, if you don't have an attitude in place for dealing with failures, for keeping your heart open, for still wanting your partner to win, then you know what? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to create disaster and exit the scene pretty early on because breakdowns are coming. They're guaranteed. Mm -hmm. We can say that for any relationship. I mean, what relationship? Any relationship you get into, breakdowns are coming. If you don't have a stomach to deal with them, and if you're ready to kill your partner at the first sign when they are less than perfect, you might as well quit now. What's Mm -hmm. the point? Really. All right. All right and i think i think the younger generation might be plagued plagued by this in their intimate relationships they simply don't have the tolerance or the skill to deal with breakdowns to deal with tight spots to deal with when what they're doing is not working they don't know how to like come out of it
0: yeah yeah well i like i said i am optimistic that it is swinging back to another direction i think there was maybe a transition Post-feminist generation that uh, got the worst of it, um, but I mean, there's enough people on both sides that recognize these these virtues are important.
1: I feel that way too. It's kind of crazy. I'm feeling like more hopeful today than I was maybe even six months ago. Yeah, but I don't know. It might. It just might be that I'm in a little bit of an echo chamber with my community because I'm hearing from people who resonate with what I do. So don't have a complete sense of what's happening at the population level. But I, that certainly is my hope. Yeah. Because I don't think the the other side, I don't think the participation trophy generation is doing that well. I don't right. think they have that much to offer. I don't think the feminists who are the feminists who are screaming obscenities in the faces of men who want to have a conversation about male suicide are doing Anything worthwhile in our society? I don't think they're contributing or creating anything worthwhile. I hope those people don't don't have a bigger uh, presence and platform and voice in the world. I hope their voice shrinks. I don't think there's a good voice. I think they're pretty pretty ugly, pretty sociopathic, and they are under the guise of victimhood. Like, oh, we are we are the oppressed ones, and I'm like tired of this bait and switch. You're not the oppressed one. You are the oppressors at this point. You are the assholes at this point. Not buying it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think this is great to speak about uh, failure and resili- resilience. Um, uh, I know you said uh, you have one workshop for sure in Amsterdam, and you're looking at other cities in Europe this spring.
1: I have two workshops in Amsterdam. Uh, June sixth and seventh, and then the weekend after that. I'm teaching my level one and level two, and I uh, probably will be teaching in other cities in Europe. Still figuring out the logistics. Might be in Berlin. Might be in Prague. Cool.
0: cool. We'll yeah, there. I'll be in uh, I'll be in awesome. Berlin in yeah. July, so I'd love to stop by if it happens to line up.
1: I'll I'll update you as that schedule comes together. I'm also teaching here. I'm going to Austin in February we're back we're back in Miami in March uh, Lori and I are in Portland in May we're in Toronto I think also in later in March so there's a bunch of classes you can just go to org. everything's listed there
0: cool awesome alright well thanks Um. my pleasure Rob. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to catch the rest of my work, go to Rwando.com. Catch me on social media, at Rwando. And please do not forget to subscribe.